2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And I believe that in these challenging times, God is going to do some of his greatest, greatest work. I believe that the people of God uh, don't back down, but we rush in and we lean into the challenges and we lean into what God is doing. We rise to the challenge of what God is doing. Uh, just some quick housekeeping things. Uh, we're so glad that you're joining us online today. Pastor G is going to be helping to moderate some of the comments. We want you to let us know that you're here. Uh, if you have prayer requests, put those in there. Um, let us know that you're joining us this morning. And we're praying that the Holy Spirit uses this time together uh, to really encourage you today um, in God. We're going to go ahead and worship together. Let me just say a quick word of prayer together. Um, Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your love and your grace. We're thankful for the hope that we have in you. And God, we know that while we feel like we're out of control, these things are not in our control, we know that you are in control. And so we give you this morning. I pray that you use this time, not just through Evident Church, but through all the churches across the world who are meeting in similar ways. God, you will not be stopped. And so we celebrate and worship all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
All right. Hey, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm so excited to see what God does through this season. I know it's a crazy time, but uh, God's going to do some amazing, amazing things, and I'm excited to have you guys joining us today. Uh, so Dr. Bob McGahee is going to be with us uh, right now, and I thought it'd be helpful to have him. He's a part of our church family. I thought it'd be helpful to have him talk a little bit about uh, the coronavirus and just kind of some things that we can do, and so I'm going to have Bob talk for a little bit. Good morning. Thank you. Hey. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, everyone. This kind of reminds me of those late-night uh, talk shows where, like, there's no audience. Yes. I think all we need is, like, a laugh track. And then maybe we do. And an applause track. If you guys can help us with that, that would be awesome. Maybe then we'd actually hear laughter when we tell jokes. Yeah, right? that'd be yeah. nice. Um, okay, well, Josh gave me um, you know, the opportunity to come up here and talk a little bit about uh, the coronavirus, uh, so that's what I'm going to do right now. Uh, coronavirus, uh, many of you have also heard it called COVID-19. The reason for that, the CO is corona, VI is virus, D is disease, and the 19 is because um, it, it started, we first saw this virus in 2019, and it's kind of crazy to think that we're already, you know, three months into 2020, but what that did is it gave scientists some time to really look at how this virus has spread, uh, to see how it's trending. And in doing that, uh, we know enough about it that we know kind of how to combat it a little bit. And that's why over the last week, you know, we've seen a lot of changes in how um, things are being done. You know, school districts are kind of shutting the doors for now and things are going online. Why we're doing this right now. Uh, the reason is, is not because of you know, the number of cases that are necessarily out there right now in the United States, but it's just that this is the way that we can uh, just kind of slow down the spread of it, and that's kind of why, um, why we're doing what we're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, so what I'd like to do is talk a little bit about um, the coronavirus, what it is, and then I'll talk about some ways that we can kind of combat it too. Yeah. I think the best way to discuss it is really to discuss uh, the similarities uh, between it and the influenza virus and also some of the differences between it. So some of the similarities, first of all, the, the symptoms of it are very similar to influenza. Uh, the three main symptoms that you see are fever, uh, body aches, and uh, deep cough. Uh, again, very similar to influenza. 
Um, also, the way it's transmitted, it's transmitted through respiratory droplets, and that's different than some of the other diseases out there that are more airborne. If you think about uh, things like measles or tuberculosis, those are airborne. You know, you walk in a room and you start breathing in air with somebody who has it, and you can catch those. That's not the case with coronavirus. Coronavirus is in droplets, and in droplets, you have to be a certain distance between people, within three to five feet of people. And, you know, mostly we talk about coughing and sneezing and things like that, but it's also just in, in normal conversation. You know, Josh always kind of jokes around when he's up here. If anybody's ever sat in the front row, Josh calls it, what do you call it? The, the um, splash zone. The splash zone, yeah. right, exactly. So, um, so even, even by that, and that's why, you know, you hear people talking about keeping distances, and, and that's, that's the reason why. Um, it can also live on hard surfaces, they say, for two to three days, which is why it really is important to, to sanitize uh, certain surfaces. So those are some of the similarities uh, with influenza. But there are some differences, and the differences are, are what make this a little more complicated, a virus, than what influenza is. Uh, first of all, the length of contagiousness of this virus. You know, if you look at most viruses, including influenza, by like one week out, you're not really contagious anymore. Uh, with coronavirus, they're looking at up to two weeks or even more that people can stay contagious. And even from the time you get exposed to the virus, it can be anywhere from two to 14 days uh, when you start having symptoms of it. So uh, people can have it and pass it on, and some people don't even show symptoms is what they're saying now, especially younger individuals. And they can be passing it on, and that might be a reason why it's spreading as much uh, as it is. Um, Another difference with coronavirus is that it seems to affect more the lower airways as opposed to the upper airways. You know, influenza is more upper airways. You get the nasal congestion, you get it kind of in the back of your throat. Whereas with coronavirus, it gets deep down into the lungs uh, where the alveoli are. The alveoli are those little bubbles in the bottom of your lungs that uh, transfer oxygen through your bloodstream. And with those getting, you know, affected with coronavirus and uh, causing like pneumonia, uh, you don't get the, the oxygen exchange, you don't get the oxygen going to the other vital organs like liver and kidneys, and that obviously can be a concern. The third thing that makes it uh, really different uh, from influenza is influenza affects uh, the extremes of age, you know, very young and very old, whereas coronavirus, it's more disproportionately affecting the elderly population and people with chronic illnesses. And one question I've had a lot in my office um, has to do with, well, what would you consider a chronic illness? You know, I've got a lot of kids in my office who have asthma, and kids are really, really well protected. The ones that I get more concerned about are the ones who have uh, diseases where they require oxygen, like cystic fibrosis or muscular dystrophy. Uh, but like I said, kids, kids are really well protected, but it's really affecting the elderly population. So that's a big concern is that kids and, and you know, adults can, can be kind of vectors for it and pass it on. So we really have to protect the elderly. So uh, I have a list of five things that we can do to really combat this virus. Uh, number one, and I know all of you have already heard this, wash your hands. Wash your hands a lot. Uh, and now I'm not talking about just washing your hands like, you know, my five-year-old washes his hands after going to the bathroom. I mean, really wash your hands. Uh, you know, if you come in from outside, wash your hands. If you touch a surface that might be contaminated, wash your hands. Pop quiz, if you get a high, give a high five, what should you do? Uh, not give a high five. Thank you. All he's, right. He's good. He got it. That was a trick question. Wash he got it. Hands. Yeah, no, don't give a high five. Exactly. Um, also, you know, we talk about keeping the distance. Again, we have that three to five feet, you know, area that we discussed, and that's why you hear people talking about not, not being in rooms with, you know, that are crowded with a lot of people. And even if you have to go someplace, if you have to go to the grocery store, you can stay kind of three to five feet from, from people. You know, if you see somebody over, you know, at the avocados, messing with all of them to find the perfect one, 
go to the cucumbers, because we all know you can never find a perfect avocado. So just go to the cucumbers. Uh, and also, you know, just like we said, with the high fives, you know, I know it seems really corny and cheesy to do the whole corona elbow bump, but for right now, that's kind of the way to go. And I know, Josh, I know you're a hugger, uh, <laughs> and I know that because I've probably hugged you more than I've hugged any adult male other than my dad. Uh, but for now, we're going to do the, the elbows for a while. Sounds good. All right, corona elbow, there we go. Uh, fourth thing, uh, if you have a fever, um, oh, I'm sorry, this is the third thing. If you have a fever, basically assume that you have it. And the reason I say that is it's really difficult to get tested. You know, I've already had people come into my office saying, hey, can I get tested? The thing is, unless you have a known exposure with somebody who's positive or you've traveled or have been exposed to somebody who've traveled in countries like Italy or China where they're seeing a lot of this, the testing isn't going to be available. So what we need to do right now is if you have a fever, stay home, stay put. If you have somebody in your house who has a fever, unless they obviously tested positive, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stay home. Things may change, but for now, it's really the people of the fevers, just stay home. Uh, fourth thing, uh, I mentioned protecting the elderly, and that's huge. And I think that's one thing that we can do as a church body and a group of, of Christians is really show our faith in, in protecting and taking care of um, our older population. Uh, I, I think that you know, th this is a, a group of individuals that, that, you know, we really need to love on. Because when we talk about physical isolation, you know, we also um, don't realize that that also involves social isolation and sometimes spiritual isolation. And as Christians, we can show, you know, the love that, that God has for us. We can show that love to others by, you know, communicating and reaching out and seeing if, if that, that population needs anything. You know, even if it means dropping off, you know, a roll of toilet paper at their, their front door or something, but just really taking care of the older population. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the fifth thing I want to discuss is let's trust God as much as we trust hand sanitizer. Um, we, we need to trust God. I, you know, I, I think that it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to have fear because we are living in different times right now. But I, I think we need to really remember to trust in God. Yeah. You know, Jesus died not, you know, so we could come to church. Jesus died so we could become the church. Mm. And uh, I think that, that we can really show that in, in a yeah. situation like Amen. this. And I, I think that's important. So um, let's, you know, just make sure that we trust God. Let's Amen. continue to communicate and reach out to one another. And let's stay sanitized. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. <clears throat> and I, I like, uh, you know, one of the reasons we're doing this as a church is not necessarily because we would be at risk. Um, it sounds like it's the mo symptoms are mild for those who are of good health or of the right ages. But we want to do our part in the community uh, to be responsible and to help other people. So we're willing to kind of lay down some of our preferences for a season so that we can serve people that way. You're absolutely right. This is not about fear. This yeah. is about just a social responsibility that, that all of us should have. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm thankful to uh, you as a church family. Uh, man, I so badly want to be together right now to worship, uh, but we know we will be able to again soon. And just a reminder, you know, we know that the, the church is not a building. The church is the people. And so we can still be the church. That is not going to stop. And so uh, we'll be taking some questions from you guys. If you guys have questions, post them in the comments, and uh, we'll be taking those and have some time for some Q&A for Dr. Bob or myself um, at the end of the service today. So thank you. Really appreciate you being, being here. <laughs> All right. Um, so some of the questions that come up for is, what does this mean for us? So as a church, we're going to continue to evaluate each week the best way to do ministry. Um, the church is not a building, it's people. So we will not stop being the church. Um, it will just maybe look a little bit different the next couple of weeks. Um, our larger ministries are going to be paused or postponed. 
Um, but our smaller gatherings uh, will still be happening at their discretion, such as prayer, uh, life groups, and those kinds of things. And we'll be constantly evaluating that. Um, I want to encourage you, uh, it's so critical during this time to stay connected uh, because social isolation has other effects to it as well. So now more than ever, reach out to each other. Uh, we're not meant to be alone. Um, I want you to know as a church too, we're also working on some creative ways to do ministry. We're in contact with local schools to see how we can help support them and how, we can, how God wants to maybe use some of these opportunities to minister in creative ways. Um, if you have any creative ideas, please let us know those. We'd love to be able to facilitate those with you. Uh, we've also created a special email address. Um, if you or anyone you know has needs, let us know that. Um, this is the time for the church to shine. And so you can email us at hope at evidentchurch.com, and we'd love to be able to come around those who have needs and really be able to support them. Uh, we'll keep you posted on all this stuff as we go along um, these, this next week and a couple weeks. Uh, we are going to collect an offering uh, right now. I just want to encourage you, uh, there's going to be some information posted in the comments about how you can give during this season. It is as important as ever that we remain generous as a church. People need our help, and even more so now, so please be generous, and we thank you in advance for that. Um, we have a special area that you can help in. Um, we want to be able to expand our technology, and so I know there's a particular thing that would be around $1,000 uh, that if we could use this, it would help us expand even our technology right now to be able to reach and help more people. If you want to give specifically to that, let us know, and we'll make sure that it gets where it needs to get to. Um, so um, I just want to encourage you um, during this time, we're going to pray real quickly for our healthcare professionals, for our teachers, for our leaders, and then I want to share just a short message with you. So let's go ahead and just pray real quick. God, thank you um, that you are in control. Um, thank you for, for men and women like Dr. Bob and so many other healthcare professionals that we know. God, I pray that you would strengthen them during this time. God, I pray for our teachers, our school administrators, uh, our moms and dads, our students. God, we pray for our government leaders, and I pray for Christians around the world that we would rise up and be people of hope in this season. God, help us to be a people who are not afraid, but who have a spirit of love and a power and have a sound mind. God, use us and make a difference, God. You are doing amazing things, and God, we are, we are waiting and watching um, as you use this to bring glory to yourself. Uh, we thank you. We pray, pray these things in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Amen. So as I contemplated what to speak on today, um, I sensed God basically saying, uh, hold steady. And the series that we've been in is called, You Got This. And I can't think of any better encouragement to give to all of us today is that encouragement, you got this. No matter what is going on, because of God and who he says we are, uh, we've got this. And our theme verse for the year is Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And every week we're looking at a different I am statement to remember who God says we are. So week one was I am chosen. And in times like this, it's important to remember that God has chosen you to be in a relationship with him and to be empowered by his spirit. Week two was I am graced, that I am forgiven by God's grace alone because of his love for me and that God gives me everything I need, gives me grace 
to help me through whatever I'm going through, God gives us grace. And today, I want to speak for just a few minutes on the next I am statement, which is I am loved. I am loved. And it's precisely because of God's great love that we do not need to be afraid. We do not have to fear because God loves us. And so I want you guys to talk with whoever you're watching this with, or maybe jump in the comments and, and answer this question. How does God's love change our level of fear? Or another way to say it is, what difference does God's love make in times like these? So just take about 30 seconds, post in the comments. I want to hear your answers. How does God's love minimize our level of fear? Take about 30 seconds and kind of jump in on that. All right, and what we're going to do is we're going to read from the book of Ephesians. So if you have a Bible, grab your Bible, open it up to Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to read some of the most important verses in the entire uh, Bible. And uh, let me read these, Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. Uh, Paul reminds us of this. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus our Lord throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And out of this passage, here are three prayers that you can pray um, this week. Here's prayer number one. You can pray, God, strengthen me in my inner being. It says, I pray out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. When you're feeling overwhelmed and when you're feeling angry and when you're feeling confused, God, strengthen me in my inner being. It's from this inner strength that we can live in faith and not in fear. The second prayer you can pray is this, God, help me to sense your presence daily Paul said, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. See, God's love helps us to realize his presence in our lives every single day. You don't have to be afraid because God is with you. And if God is with you and for you, then nothing can be against you. So here's another question I want you to interact with. It's this question. What can you do to live with a sense of God's presence every single day? What can you do practically during this time to recognize the presence of God every single day? Take about 30 seconds, throw some things in the comments, talk with those that you're watching this with. What can you do to recognize and remember the presence of God in your life every single day?
All right, and the third question is this. God, help me to comprehend how much you love me. The third prayer you can pray is, God, help me to comprehend how much you love me. It says in the verses we read that you may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. Um, I have several brothers. One of my brothers, when he was younger, uh, when they had their first uh, child, they had to go to the hospital a couple of times for some pretty scary things. And my brother uh, tells this story that things weren't looking good for their son as they had to take him to the hospital. And he vividly remembers God saying to him, um, I want you to know that he is mine and I love him even more than you possibly could. And uh, he's doing fine now, but in that moment, God was reassuring him that as much as a father loves a son, God loves us even more. Um, A.W. Tozer, in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, said, God's love is measureless. It's more, it's boundless. His love is something that he is. And because God is infinite, his love can enfold the whole created world and have room for 10,000 times 10 worlds beside And just because we're going through difficult times does not mean that God doesn't love us. In fact, it may be precisely because God loves us uh, that we go through challenges. I believe that through these next couple of weeks, these will help us grow stronger as the body of Christ. I believe these next few weeks can do more in our lives than a thousand sermons can because it causes us to lean into God and that God is at work. I'll just tell you for myself, this past Thursday night, I was rocking our youngest daughter, Annabelle, to sleep, and I was just starting to think about all that was going on, and I began to feel a sense of, of helplessness, and I basically just said in my heart to God, God, this is not in my control, but at the same time, um, God basically said, no, but it is in mine, and he reassured me that I am loved. See, when we know that God loves us, we don't have to be afraid because God is with us. So here's what I want to challenge you to do um, this week. Two things. The first thing is this. I want to challenge you to find ways this week to show God's love. Find practical ways this week to not feed into the fear, but to live out your faith. We are the church. We are loved by God, and that should change us and make us different than the rest of the world. I want to challenge you, don't hoard stuff. Instead, give it away. Don't run away. I want to encourage you to run into the darkness. Don't spend all your extra time streaming on Netflix, but pray and seek God and love others. Reach out to those around you. People are hurting and scared, and they need the hope that we have in Jesus. I want to challenge you to be the voice of reason and love and peace and hope and faith. Um, Justin Martyr, who lived in the, the second century, said, We Christians don't speak great things. We live them. We live them. So live out your faith this week. Show people God's love. The second challenge I want to give to you is simply this. Never lose sight of God's love and God's plan. Never lose sight of God's love and God's plan. God is in control. Because he loves us, we don't have to be afraid. 
I have a brother-in-law who uh, works at a Christian university in Indiana, and he recently shared with me um, something that one of his students wrote having to do with fear. And it's a little bit long, but I want to read it to you because I think it's going to give us uh, some great encouragement. So let me share this with you. It's kind of like a meditation. Um, You can close your eyes if you want, or you can just watch and listen. But he said, if you would, close your eyes and picture the ocean. On the surface, the ocean swells and crashes. Waves form and clash with one another. It's extremely loud and chaotic. And like the ocean, life is incredibly loud on the surface. Circumstances around us scream and overwhelm us. For some of us, we think that God needs to still the water. That life needs to become still and quiet. We think that something needs to happen to the surface in order for us to feel safer. But God is in the boat with us resting. We run to God in fear and God says, Oh, dear one, why are you afraid? And we think that in order to stay safe, we just have to stay afloat in life. We can't sink because if we sink, we feel pressure We'll be out of what's known and out of what's comfortable. We're scared of not being able to breathe. We're scared of drowning. Yet Christ walks out onto the sea and he says, come. And you walk out as frightened as you are and you stay afloat the whole time. This is what faith is like in the beginning. But once you got close to Jesus, you watched as he sank into the water and once again invited you to follow This was the thing that you were always scared of, the thing that you were trying to avoid, but reluctantly you follow into the water. And as you descend, you start to notice some things. The first thing you notice is that you can breathe. You're bewildered at first as to why, but then you remember that the breath of God, the spirit of God lives in you, allowing you to breathe. The next thing that you notice is that the deeper you go, the quieter life becomes. The waves are at a distance muffled by the depth. Life in its depth seems darker, and that's just because your eyes are adjusting to the mystery before us. At the bottom, all is still. Life in its depth is still. Emotions and thoughts rise, but more and more you begin to see that 80% of them were reactions to the waves. The waves are still there, but it's on the ocean floor that we find peace. Life in its depth. Peace is realizing that life is more than waves. Peace is not reactive, nor is it an emotion. It's stillness and depth. It's in this stillness and depth that we can hear ourselves. We can can hear the breath of God that goes in and out from our being, and we can hear Christ in front of us simply say, you will never drown. Love itself tells us no matter how deep we are that we are safe, and while fear only stays on the surface begging for something to change. Peace is not denying the surface, but fully exploring what's underneath. And it's understanding that the waves are real, but it's not the full story. You are loved, and because you are loved by God, you do not need to be afraid. Take one day at a time. God is with you.
I'm going to close with my favorite verse from Joshua 1.9. It says this, God says to the people of, of Israel, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And let's just take a minute to pray. God, I pray that over these next few weeks, next few days, that you would give us as your people faith and courage. God, overwhelm us with your love and remind us that we are loved by you. And because we are loved, we do not need to be afraid. God, help us to show your love. Help us not to be selfish, but help us to be generous and sacrificial, to run into the darkness, to declare the hope that we have in you. God, you are up to something right now. Wake us up to that. Help us to lean into you. Strengthen your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Amen. And we're going to take just a minute, and uh, I'm going to have Dr. Bob come back up, and we're going to uh, work on some of the Q&A stuff, and then we're going to close with a song, and we're going to pray. And so please stay tuned as we kind of wrap this up this morning. So keep them, oh, if you, I'll, I'll start over. Uh, if you guys have any questions, uh, I still got my laptop right here, so please keep them coming through. But a few questions that we have had so far, Dr. Bob, uh, is why are we so concerned? That's a good question. Uh, and going back to how I was relating it to uh, influenza, a lot of people ask, what's so concerning about this compared to influenza? You know, millions of people get influenza, what's the big deal? And I think that's why that was a perfect message th that you gave, because it did. It, it spoke about fear, and it, it spoke about how, you know, as Christians, we live our life preparing. We, we live our life preparing, you know, to, to our, our hearts to, to meet God eventually, and that's why we don't have to fear. Okay. And I think that, you know, preparation is definitely key, and even in the medical field. You know, I, I do agree that I'm surprised that more people aren't as concerned about influenza as I think what they should be. You know, prepare, get a flu vaccine, right? But it is true that, you know, you see, uh, you know, 18 million cases of influenza in the United States each year. Um, and if there were that many cases of coronavirus, it would be about 30 times as deadly as with influenza. So it, it is a concern. It's definitely a concern. But again, the, the answer is prepare, and that's exactly what we're doing by doing what we're doing here. We're being proactive, we're preparing. That way we don't have to live in fear. Yeah. Uh, another question we got, uh, should I still travel for spring break? I think that one, even though we're only a couple weeks away, I personally think that's kind of up in the air. And I've heard different infectious disease specialists say different things about this. Uh, some say, you know what, if I'm healthy and I'm under the age of 60, and I don't have any chronic illnesses, why can't I get on a plane and why can't I go wherever I wanted to go? Uh, and some infectious disease speciali specialists will say, well, it's a risk, but if you wipe everything down and you know, it's not a, you know, as big a deal as what people think. And then other infectious disease specialists are saying, again, social responsibility, we gotta kinda you know, c cut this down as quick as we can. I think we really need to see over the next week to two weeks how many cases are out there. People are saying that it's really just that we haven't had those test kits available and we don't know how much is out there right now. Uh, I've heard some people say in the next couple of weeks that once more people get tested, we're gonna see about a, a tenfold increase in the numbers that are in the United States. So I, I really think at that point, I don't have the perfect answer. I'd say it's still up in the air and that might be one of those last minute decisions. Mm -hmm. We got a couple questions uh, kind of similar in the same vein. 
uh, I have a normal doctor check-in next week. Should I still go or postpone that? And then also kind of uh, should a person in their 40s or 50s go to the doctor with a fever or handle their sim symptoms at home? Okay, so first of all, about regular physicals, well checks. As a pediatrician, we take care of a lot of babies who you know, need vaccines, and those vaccines are really important. Those are the, the visits that we're still recommending. It'd be a good idea to, to keep. If they're regular physicals, a sports physical for a teenager who's in good health and isn't taking any medications, I think it is okay to hold off for right now. When it comes to people who have fevers, what do I do? Do I see my doctor? You know, with technology now, a lot of doctor's offices do have telemedicine available. I think that that's an option. I think at least calling the doctor's office first and saying, what should I do, is just a, a reasonable and, a, you know, a thing that I think a lot of physicians do appreciate at this point in time. We have nurses in our office who are fielding a lot of phone calls, and by doing that, we are allowed, uh, are able to keep a lot of people out who may not need to go see, uh, go see the physician right away. It might be a virus other than the, the coronavirus, it might be allergies. You know, a lot of people are sniffling out from allergies. So I think calling the doctor's office and seeing, number one, if they should, you know, be going to see the physician, and number two, seeing if maybe telemedicine is available. All right. That's, that's all the questions I have currently, if they keep coming in. Uh, we'll try to get to those later in the afternoon, too, as, as they keep streaming in. We'll keep checking in on the feed and what's been going on. Uh, but until then, elbow bumps, everybody. That's right. Uh, I want to point out real quickly, too, um, we had our third uh, painting done behind us. This is done by our very own Angela Tesser. Uh, please just jump in the comments. Let her know how much you appreciate that. Uh, she did a great job. Uh, the church is strong, and I'm thankful for your flexibility. Thank you for your understanding. Uh, these are some interesting times that we're in, uh, but nothing's going to stop the church. Jesus said that himself. The gates of hell will not prevail uh, against the church that he is building. And so I want to encourage you guys to be strong this week. We're going to close with one final song. Thank you, uh, Dr. Bob. And Pastor GJ for being up here with us. We're close with a song. I hope you can stick around with that. Stick around for that uh, with us.